0: We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head on over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more.
1: Hi, Renos and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Episode 306. Uh, gonna, it's gonna be um, dedicated to it's uh, for someone who's gonna be doing his favor in the future, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Uh, <laughs> going out to an inside joke for all of all of me and my co hosts Thanks for coming to the show. I am one of the hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. We've got our typical Monday no UFC Monday episode, which. Actually, it's quite popular with you freaks out there, you gens, MMA Degens. This week, we are doing LFA, which also is very popular among you gens. They actually, from the layman's eye, me being the layman, it looks like they have a very good card come up this week with a couple of title fights and they sell it on the card as well. So going to give you picks uh, for that because my co-host is the king of making picks for regional MMA. So he, he will let you know how great he is in, in a moment, but... Uh, he's he's tracking how great he is, uh, so I don't have to. So He will let you know how you did on PFL, first of all, from last week. Hopefully, he did well. And then uh, we're going to get this LFA rammed into your ear holes, and then we'll get out of here in a, a quick and tidy manner. Sound good? Good. All right, let's bring in the man, uh, the myth, the legend, the regional MMA god, Gumby Reeland. Hello. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you
0: a quick update. Uh, I did go two-in-one this past weekend, and if you were doing the $100 and every fight thing, Bet, Which, by the way, not a profitable way to run MMA, unless you are betting on my regional picks, uh, because they seem to be, would have lost me money this weekend because there were some massive favorites in PFL. Um, And uh, so I went two and one. I hit both uh, Braga and Kelly to win their squash matches that they won. Uh, I lost having David Evans to beat Zutcher. Um, By the way, Nate Kelly got screwed out of a contract. I don't know how the hell they picked Zutcher isn't it like uh,
1: fan votes and stuff too?
0: Well, so they have like a, a fan in like, I, I don't know what the other, like maybe uh, PFL brass vote, but then they, it, they send it back to their, their celebrity panel. And the celebrity panel kind of has like final say. And the celebrity panel overruled the fan slash whatever the other vote is and went away from Nate Kelly. I'm going to be honest. Maybe it's best for Nate Kelly. Maybe he winds up in the UFC at the end of this. Cause like, He's an Irish dude who's super fun to watch. Like, I, I I thought he was looked way better than Sucher. I'll just say that. Um, but at the end of the day, that brings my regional MMA record to 37-18-1 so far this year, um, which is good for if you are betting exactly $100 on every single one of those fights. Good for a $1,040.96 profit uh, over the course of this year. So make sure you are listening to this podcast for regional mma picks because it's the best place to listen to regional mma picks
1: look this guy i told you he'd tell you how great he was um going back to how they give out contracts does the smart cage have a a say oh fucking dude (laughs) is there a dumber thing than this
0: look i i get that that all sports are moving towards like more analytics and stuff like that but let me tell you something how let me fast something. How, uh, that's that's the, your name for the episode let me tell you something um how fast a jab that doesn't land was
1: <laughs>
0: is not interesting helpful or meaningful in any way um yeah. so, so, it's not so fun so, it's not funny it's not fun it's not funny it's like <laughs> a it's like a negative 2000 favorite hitting it's it's expected that it's kind of fast and it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> yep. It is true. It is true. So, all right. So, yeah, Gumby's good at what he does, um, as his other co-host likes to say. Um, all right. Before we get into LFA, I'm going to tell you about another place that's good at what they do. That will, of course, be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. And there are tons of ways to win, including live betting in the same game parlays, a.k.a. Win bets, build your own bet. March Madness is almost here. Plus, there's plenty of ways to win. Getting down on NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for the gens only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. So much to choose from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so we you know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Uh, Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbed.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough in bed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. All right. LFA 154, Fernando versus Silva, going down this Friday, the 10th of March, 8 p.m. Eastern. Where's it going down? Oh, this is another Brazil one. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, it is 13 fights in a cage. Am I correct in saying this is a good fight card for LFA? it's it's a pretty damn good fight card they
0: they tend to put together these like really interesting ones in Brazil because like a lot of these Brazilian fighters are untested against top level dudes yeah so it, it just like always feels like we have a couple of people who need to be tested against each other and so like maybe they're each other's test at the end of the day um but yeah no like this this fight card's got a lot of that
1: yep. And it's got a very, uh, we're not doing this fight, but uh, very Brazil opener. Bruno Teixeira, Michael Oliveira. Can't get, uh, that, that's total of Brazil right there. If you drop the
0: A out of Michael Oliveira and it's Michelle Oliveira, that would be even better. Michel. It's very, very <laughs> true. All
1: right. Um, we're going to start with the main card and we're going to start with lightweights. Felipe Douglas versus Kao. Is it Kao? K- Cow Cow, I guess k-a-u-e with the accent above the e so um brazil versus brazil this um the main card is all is the whole thing brazil versus brazil the yeah main card is, wow yeah, there's, it's all there's no there's no foreigners on this one brazil warfare all right um now i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna tell you about i'm gonna tell you about that fight of course so i'm gonna tell you we don't have any lines unfortunately so Gumby, will, uh, he's very good at guessing the lines, and he will tell you what the line is and who to bet on. I'm going to tell you about uh, Fernandez first. He's 7-1, three knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in the fight. 1-1 one one in LFA. He got knocked out in his last fight, and he's been fighting professional MMA since 2013. Douglas Buakau is a nickname. 21-5, nine knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. 1-0 in LFA. He's won four straight fights in eight of nine. He's not lost since April 2019. Used to fight down at Featherweight. Used to fight up at Walter And he is a regional champion or was a regional champion. Go ahead. Break it down.
0: So, first of all, it's, it's Kawey Fernandez. Uh, oh, okay. Look, you looked it up? Got, went and got a pronunciation key, or at least the intern did. It's Kawei Fernandez. So, l- let me start with Douglas here. So, if you watch Douglas fight, he, he he's super light on his feet. He's got really good leg kicks. Uh, he, he's clearly got some sort of background in Thai boxing because he throws that, like, almost like Tomahawk elbow that sometimes you see TIE fighters throw. Um, he also seems to like to shoot the takedown, but doesn't look really great doing it. He kind of does it from like a really long distance away. So it's almost like he, he does it to mix things up and doesn't actually expect to land it all that much. But once he's in the clinch, he looks pretty skilled again. Cause I think he's got a tie background um, the ways that he gets into the clinch not always great because he kind of like wades in and sort of gets tested. In in fact, like he he wades in with wide shots and his chin up so much so that he actually had a fight with Rafael the Turn Alves, one of our uh, our favorites that we talked about. Alves didn't jump Guillotine in that fight. Um, but what he did do was get tagged about thirty times by Felipe Douglas until Douglas got like a little bit overzealous trying to figure finish Alves. And while he was trying to like swing wildly on the inside, he got slept um, trying to walk him down. So Felipe Douglas dangerous with the strikes, maybe a little reckless with his defense, not a particularly great wrestler, but I like him in the clinch on the other side. Coway Fernandez seems to have a decent body lock takedown when he's on the ground with his jujitsu. It seems pretty solid. Like it seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, I've seen him get an arm bar off his back. That looked nice. But the one thing I will say that really worries me is that like the longer he wrestles and tries to do jujitsu, the more tired he is. He looks freaking exhausted shortly into a fight. Um, one of the fights I was watching, he was winning early on, looked like his body lock takedown was working. His jujitsu was going to get going, comes out for the second round. He's got no juice left, gets lit up on the feet time after time after time actually starts giving up takedowns cause he's so tired. Um, and his style in general is just not one where the counter KO is going to happen against Felipe Douglas. Like when he's getting backed up, he, he mostly just like tries to relieve pressure with like a soft jab and then tries to circle away. And really, I think the only thing that's going to beat Douglas here is like hitting him hard with a counter, like, you know, Rafael Alves did, So I don't think Kawhi Fernandez has that. I I think, you know, maybe he has a little bit of success early on, but I think ultimately this is going to be Felipe Douglas lighting up off the feet, looking better and better as the fight goes. Uh, If you're wondering about a line here, because the lines are not yet out, I'm going to say Douglas. I'm going to say Douglas negative 185 is probably where it comes in. I will also say that could possibly be skewed based on whether or not the uh, books take into account the fact that Kawhi Fernandez is taking this on short notice. He's a fill in fighter, which also just, I mean, I guess if I'm fading him because his, is gas tank is shit, the the fact that he's taking this on short notice is even worse for him. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Neg- negative 185, I would say, but if they take into account the fact that he's taking this on short notice, it could balloon quickly. Um, and it's, it's even more of a reason to take Felipe Douglas, uh, at whatever price you can get him at.
1: Yeah, I was maybe um, on top of you guessing the line. Maybe it's best if we give a range, the best range to bet.
0: I or, mean, I, or what
1: le- or what number you would bet it up to before you? So, you'd
0: so I'll price. say I think this is gonna
1: post in the high 100s.
0: You know, the okay. negative 185 range. I would bet it up to if I'm a, you know, if I'm just like a straight line better and I I want to find you know valuable money lines. I think I'd bet this up to negative 250 on, on a straight bet. I think I'd be comfortable throwing it into parlays up to almost negative 300. And I think over that, because just because the wrestling of Kaway Fernandez looks good, sometimes I think over negative 300, I think I'm just kind of like walking away from this one and being like, and eh, I don't even know that I like it in, uh, in parlays at that price.
1: Throw it into parlay. Um, don't say that as much as we used to. Uh, let's move on. Shall we? We're dropping down. weights, Gene Matsumoto, Versus Mirian Basilio, Basilio, excuse me, um, I'm going to tell you about Basilio first. He's 7-0 and with six knockouts. This is his LFA debut. He's won six straight fights via finish, and he used to fight down at flyweight. Matsumoto, 12-0 with three knockouts, four submissions, one known LFA. Multiple regional championships on his? Mantle. Correct. And he used to fight at 125 as well. That's,
0: now you talk. And, and that's it. Now I talk. That's all uh, I got. Excuse uh, John Matsumoto, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, he's got a lot of people excited. Uh, a lot of people are excited about Matsumoto. Um, and I think it's because he, he can crack a little bit on the feet. Um, he, he can definitely wrestle a little bit. Uh, I will say the entries to his wrestling don't blow me away. Uh, I think once he's in on the takedown, his abilities to finish it and his work against the cage, it, it looks really good. Um, although he did almost get foot locked in a scramble. So I, I don't know what to think of that. Like he almost got like a, like a toehold in a scramble in one of the fights I was watching. He, he countered it with a toehold of his own, but that's also not great defense. But anyway, uh, mostly good, uh, in terms of wrestling And from a striking standpoint, he's got kind of heavy ish hands. He switches stances frequently. Uh, I think people are really excited at how good he looks because he's young too, right? Like he, he's not an old guy. Uh, Matsumoto is is just barely. I think I saw he was just turning 23, um, and people are really excited about him coming into his own. Basio is one who not a lot of people know about. He's kind of reckless and crazy if you're looking at the the style he's fought. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he has fought quite a low level of competition. You know, it's coming to LFA for the first time, kind of untested, seven and zero fighting guys who are you know, O and O or three and four and stuff like that. But he's got really good power. Like when he tags people, they go down. He's got a nice body lock takedown when he's in on the inside, not a great double leg, but a nice body lock takedown. He's definitely worse technically on the feet by than Matsumoto. But I'm going to say this. I think he's more dangerous on the feet than Matsumoto. And there's this one thing that Matsumoto does that makes me think Basilio is going to do well against him and that's when Matsumoto switches stances and and this is like a fine piece that like striking aficionados might might catch when he switches stances if you move towards his new power hand so for instance if he goes from right-handed to left-handed and you move towards his left hand he momentarily has a couple moments in an exchange where his feet are are, are parallel to the fighter he's fighting, like are parallel to the shoulders, like almost think like he's square. And that's a position you don't like to be in, in, I, I mean, pretty much any sport, right? Like, you don't, you, you don't play basketball with your feet perfectly square, right? You, you know, your staggered stance, you know, if, if you want to look athletic and as an offensive lineman, you you know, your stance is sort of staggered and, you know, like you always try to be more athletic and it's a tough position to get anything done in MMA. Yet Matsumoto kind of gets caught in there a couple of times and he switches so often that it's kind of easy to exploit it. And I think that that's a bad position for two reasons against Basilio, because he he throws wildly, which means if you get caught in that in-between position and you can't backpedal fast enough or can't circle away fast enough, you're liable to get cracked. And also if he's got a good body lock takedown, you're liable to wind up in a clinch in that situation and get taken down. So I think Matsumoto is going to be a massive favorite in this fight. And I'm going to fade him. I'm going to take Basilio. I, I think I would be shocked, shocked if Basilio does not post at plus 300 or better. Um, I, I think he's going to be that big of an underdog in this fight. I like him anyway. I would say I would bet him down to plus 200. If it got underneath there, I might be like, okay, well, we're not getting any value on this. Plus 200 or up, I think there's value. I also think the longer you wait to fight time, the better the number you're going to get is. I think Basilio's number is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And by the time you get him to fight time, um, which by the way, for a lot of LFA cards, they like shut off the lines right before the whole card starts. So, you know, the morning of this fight card, maybe hit it. And I think there's a chance you see it as high as in the fours or fives. So it'll post at threes. Be patient. Uh, but I think Basilio is a good play here.
1: All right, Chase. Chase that dog. Speaking of dogs, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for offseason NFL best ball drafts. But they also have you covered in a ton of other daily fantasy games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underlog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underlogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, moving right along, Gumby's in on the first dog for you. We're going to go to Welterweights, Carlos Pratis versus Eduardo Ramon. Uh, Ramon, excuse me, Hamon. Camelo is the nickname, which is Camel. Uh, 21 and 7 for Ramon. Is it really Camel? That's what apparently that's, <laughs> what, that's what Google says, at least. That, so it's Camel rules, with no at the end of it.
0: So. That rules because they largely call him Eduardo Camel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there so Camello. So like, if,
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so he he just goes by Eduardo camel, uh,
1: which <laughs> He will, yep. Well, Jeff rule. Fox so is it, how rule. funny is that?
0: Yeah, Eduardo camel
1: <laughs> Yeah. Same thing. He is twenty-one yeah. to seven, six knockouts, thirteen submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. This is his LFA debut. He's won three straight, five of six. He's the three straight he's won. And we're all via finish. He's a regional champion or was fought at. Up at middleweight before, 2012 was his pro MMA debut, and he also is a pro grappler. Prates Carleo is the nickname, 15 and 6, 10 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted 3 times, 1 known LFA. He's won 5 straight and 8 of 9. He's finished 4 straight of those fights. He's not lost since June of 2019. He was 2-1 in the biggest promotion in the World 1 Championship was a regional champion. He's fight at lightweight. He's fight at middleweight 2012 pro MMA debut as well, but not a pro grappler. He's a pro kickboxer. So we got kickboxer versus grappler here. Who are you going with? So, uh, let, let's talk
0: about, uh, camel first. Uh, so Eduardo, <laughs> okay. Eduardo camel, you know, you mentioned that his pro debut was back in 2012. This is a dude who's wildly well traveled. Uh, in fact, he's already fought Eliza Zaleski, Dos Santos and Paulo Costa in his career. um, He's a stockier dude for this weight class. Uh, you know, I think he's I think he's only five. I want to say five ten. Um, and, and he's kind of got some like decent ground game to go with you know a frame like that. He's got a nice double leg. His ground and pound like he he doesn't settle in positions. He he uh, likes to just throw ground and pound. Um, although he doesn't seem to want to pass. He, he seems to think guard is like a great position and he's just going to throw 100 haymakers from there, um, which kind of what he does on the feet too. He, he just like winds up and throws the overhand right. Uh, when it doesn't land, he kind of gets frustrated and just backs up. Um, but that being said, like against guys who he can out-wrestle, it works really well. I will say my huge concern here is he can't deal with the reach of Proches. Um, because Fernando Proches is, uh, is a guy who, first of all, Way longer. Uh, he's six foot three. He he looks incredibly long for this division, wiry kind of dude, and he uses lots of kicks. Uh, and not only does he use lots of kicks, he uses an oblique kick that like jacks up your front leg. Uh, he he regularly goes to that high left uh, head kick because he is a lefty, and um, which cracks against an orthodox fighter, which you'll see Camelo out of all the time. Um And when he doesn't get that, just like his forward pressure and his cage control looks really good. Um, When he, he himself gets cornered, maybe he looks bad for like a brief moment, but he doesn't get cornered very often. And I'll also say this is, you know, in general, Camelo frustrated with people who are taller and stay out of his range. We saw it. he fought Wendell Oliveira last fight and uh, or maybe it was two fights ago. He fought Wendell Oliveira. Who again is a very tall welterweight, is a guy who uses his range. Um, he's not very good, Wendell Oliveira. He gives up takedowns really easily, which is why Camelo beat him. But when it was on the feet, he had trouble with the range. And now that he's going to be fighting somebody who's faster, uh, younger, a little bit sharper than Wendell Oliveira, I, I think Prachas is going to win this one pretty easily. Um, from a betting standpoint, if we're talking about odds, I think he's probably going to post in the negative 225 range. Kind of like, I'll put him in the same boat as Foype Douglas. I I think he's playable into the mid 200s. I think he's parlayable into the negative 300s, low negative 300s. Much higher than that. I worry about the wrestling possibly taking over. So I don't want to like throw him in a whole bunch of parlays. If he gets up to negative 400, negative 500, in that case, I'm just passing.
1: All righty, let's move on to Eight, the big boys, LFA vacant heavyweight championship. So I have to ask, why is it vacant, Dan?
0: Uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta signed by the UFC.
1: There you go. He sure has. Eduardo Neves versus Hayago Silva, five five-minute rounds for the big boys. Uh, Silva, BRT is the nickname. Is that some kind of um, bacon cheeseburger in Brazil, Dan? Uh, with for, initials, for, I'm gonna think all the time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Brazilian cheeseburger, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good.
1: He's 6-0-1, oh, three knockouts, two submissions, 1-0-1 oh, in LFA. He's won two straight, all both via finish, and he is a regional champion. Uh, Bazzao, B-B-Z-A-O is Neves' nickname, which means baby. Did you know that? Uh, big baby, Bazzao. Big baby, okay, Baba Zhao, right? That makes sense. He's 6-0-1 with six knockouts been submitted one time so he's never gone the distance uh now he's fighting five rounds two and oh in lfa won his last fight via knockout and he was oh and one on the contender series who did he lose to do you remember uh he lost to michael parkin who's who dat he never uh, got a contract he didn't get a contract yeah yeah, yeah. Really? he just has
0: a day has you yet i okay. i i believe he got a contract don't don't quote me on that i'm almost right. positive michael parkin got a contract he's a british heavyweight the ufc loves those things uh yeah, so those
1: things <laughs> it's true all right, break down this fight.
0: Um, So, you know, in that fight with Michael Parkin, I, I actually went back and I looked at my breakdown for uh, for Contender Series, and I, I said, you all should pick Eduardo Neves, because the thing about him is he's more technical on the feet. He uses feints and switches, and his hands are up, um, and he uses a front kick to try to deter his takedown attempts. And I said in my breakdown that he looks bad if he gets taken down. He looks really bad if he gets taken down. Um, but, but eventually I, I came to the conclusion. You shouldn't worry about it because he's good enough on the feet that it should keep Michael Parkin away. And I almost said the same exact thing in this fight because Iago Silva. Doesn't look good on the feet at all. He's way slower than Nevesh. He leaves himself open all the time. It seems like his gas tank sucks, but he does wrestle just a little bit. Um, and he's got decent control and I think that might be enough against Neves because that's what killed him against Michael Parkin. It was just somebody who could wrestle even at the most rudimentary heavyweight level. Um, and Thiago Silva can kind of do that. Iago Silva's got like a little bit of wrestling in there. So I'm uh, I'm going to say the much worse fighter here in Thiago Silva is going to be my pick. And I think just because I'm fading Eduardo Neves having – any grappling defense whatsoever to speak of. Um from an odd standpoint, uh I, I don't think this is a fight where uh there's going to be a huge favorite. Like a lot of the other ones kind of have huge favorites, but because these two are heavyweights and both of them have kind of had issues in the past. Um because Hiago Silva, like I said, ran out of gas uh in one of his recent fights. Um the one that went to draw. Uh, but I, I would say Nevis being on Contender Series and looking bad might be a push for him at the end of the day. I will say Silva winds up like a plus 175 underdog. Uh, I think I think we're gonna get some dog money here on him as All he right. fights for the vacant championship. I would say he's playable as long as he stays a dog. If he starts to drift into the favorite realm, I don't I don't know. Like maybe minus 110, minus 125. I might still be like vaguely enticed on him but like you know how regional heavyweight mma is yeah a lot of times it's either dog or pass so like i think he's a good dog here uh but if he turns into a favorite i might pass
1: all right sounds good on to the main event lfa vacant middleweight championship do they not know the heavier fighters have to go on last just ask the ufc what don't they know anything? Dan?
0: i mean it's is middleweight mma don't you like that <laughs> it's true why is it vacant dan uh, this one is actually a mystery for me cuz the champ was Ozzy Diaz. Right. Um, I know who the was on the Yeah, he was on the first season of the Contender series. He notoriously was the one who got flatlined by G- B. Joe Piper. Um and Be him. and hasn't fought since. I don't think he really think, got flatlined. You know, I I don't think he retired cuz I actually was uh was tracking him on social media recently cuz I was like when's Ozzy Diaz fighting again? Cuz he was like When he fought Joe Piper, Joe Piper was a dog, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like, you know, people thought highly of Ozzy Diaz. I was kind of hoping he would be fighting again soon and be able to bounce back and maybe wind up on contender series again. Uh, And I think I saw he had something in the works, but maybe it's just not for LFA. Maybe he signed a Bellator contract or something like that. But uh, LFA seemingly moving on from him without a really good reason. So. Uh, All right. It's, it's vacant because Ozzy Diaz is doing question mark.
1: M.I.A. Yes. All right. So we got Lucas Fernando versus Janzy Silva for this vacant title. Five, five-minute rounds, 185 pounds. Silva's nickname is Jones, Janzy Jones. It's eight and two with five knockouts. Uh, but knocked out once, submitted once. So he's been finished in both of his losses. This is his LFA debut. He's jumping right into a title fight to won four straight. That's uh, not four, four straight. Excuse me, four of five he has won including his last fight. 0-1 in the Contender Series. That's where the loss came in. Do you remember who he lost to?
0: Um, cont- oh, know. he he fought in Contender Series in B- the Brazilian Contender okay. Series, yeah. and he lost to uh, Gadzi Omar Godzaiov.
1: Yes, I know that guy. All right, that's all I got for Jones. Uh, excuse me, Silva. Uh, Fernando, 8-1, four knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. 3-0 in LFA. He's won three straight fights, last one via knockout. Used to fight at welterweight. He's inch taller than Silva. That's all I got.
0: So uh, for this one, uh, by the way, I just had the intern look it up. It actually wasn't the Brazilian contender series, but I was right about who he lost to. It was Godziel, Marcin Um I think Fernando is going to be a decent sized favorite here. Um, he is, in my opinion, a lot better than Janzy Silva, despite the fact that Janzy Silva was on contender series. I think, again, you're going to see. For our third favorite on this card, I, I think you're going to see him again as a pretty big favorite, negative 250, negative 300 range. I think I'm fine with him in that range because, you know, the thing about Lucas Fernando, really hard leg kicks. Um, if, if you do try to shoot a takedown on him to get him off of his feet, he is one of those guys who just like bounces on the other leg if you only get a single. And if you get a double, he's got good hips. Uh great power, nice one 2 just like, you know, overall sharp on the feet and does a good job of keeping it there. And when you look at somebody like Jan Z Silva, he's a guy who first of all, doesn't look super sharp on the mat. And then second of all, even when he's looking to get it to the mat, he just backs up too much to get it there. Like he, he bites on feints really hard. Like if you just give him a quick feint, he's two steps back. And it's so, like, he spends a lot of his time with his back to the cage which is not good for shooting a takedown. It's not good for eating leg kicks. It's not good for finding range or setting things up. It does look like he has good leg kicks, but he like, you know, he's always out of range because he's always backing up and he's always biting on feints. And I think that's just gonna allow Lucas Fernando to just put him against the cage, cut off his angles, and just rip him with those one two. So I'm gonna take Lucas Fernando here. Like I said before, you know, negative two fifty favorite, totally playable. Um, you know, you know, I might use him in a parlay even higher than those other guys I was talking about um, if they get too high. But any of them that stays under negative 300 is almost playable in their own right.
1: All right. Before we put it to bed, we'll recap. He's got Silva in the main event uh, as a pretty big favorite. He's got Silva in the co-main event as a hopefully pretty big dog. He's got Prates as a probably a big favorite. He's got Basilio as a big underdog, hopefully. And then in, in the opener for us, he's got Douglas as a moderate favorite. Sound good? That sounds good to me. Yes. I wasn't pay, even paying attention. And I still nailed it. All right. That's it for me for a few shows. Gumby, don't worry. Gumby's got it all covered for you with a, a co-host and all that jazz. But Gumby will be steering the ship going forward. So I, I thank him in advance for that. Um, so he will be back in your ears on Wednesday. For the UFC preview breakdown and then Thursday as per usual for the main card and all that fun stuff uh, make sure you check us out in the discord sportsgamblingpodcast.com discord uh, or twitter SGPNMMA or Gumby Vreeland or Jeff Fox Rider actually follow all those um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com is the spot to be for all our articles all our podcasts all our Giveaways, all our discounts, all all the good stuff. Make sure you go there. Make sure you listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast. Always is very good interviews with fighters, and uh, he he gives some gambling picks as well. So head over there uh, every week and make sure you go to my Substack MoneyMMA.substack.com. At the very least, get a free subscription and enter my free pick 'em contest and win some stuff from me. So all that sound good? That sounds good to me. Take us out of here, Dan. All right, I'm Dan free Freeland. He's Jeff
0: Camel, and we or at least I. We'll see you on Wednesday.